Folks, welcome to the Hawaii Podcast. I am Joshua Michaels. I'm Ryan Little. We are here. This is a special weekday lunchtime treat. We are coming to you from the lovely, magnificent headquarters of the Hawaii Appleseed Center for Law and Economic Justice on Bishop Street. V cool. Thank you to them for allowing us to yes. raid their space. Yes. Our thank our boy, Will Crone, uh, our Came friend and your clutch. favorite. Yep. He most frequent guest. He's been here a million times. <sighs> He hooked us up. And we'd like to have a million more. A million and one more. We'd like to do a million and one more episodes well, for you, our dear listeners. Uh, well, you know, folks, they say nothing in life is free. So in exchange uh, for putting us up in the space, we've agreed to plug some important events coming up soon. Consider this your Blue Hawaii podcast community calendar. Uh, coming up Friday, the 20th of September, 4 p.m. at the state capitol, youth climate strike. If you're a youth, you and care about the climate. of the climate. And you care about striking which you know you should you should don't cross that picket line uh again friday 9 20 4 p.m state capitol uh faith action we love them shout out to them shout face, out ashley loa I face yeah. ashley loa original friend of the show uh they're going to be doing a housing summit saturday september 21st 9 a.m at the uh manoa art auditorium again shout out to face saturday 9 21 9 a.m monday 9 23 our good friends at YPDA, Young Progressives Demanding Action, are going to be doing a Festival of Resistance at UH Campus Center from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. And they'll be registering folks to vote. Campus Center, 10.30, 1.30, Monday, 9.23. And if you're interested in whether you're a UH student or you're just a cool young person who likes progressive politics, please check out YPDA. They are doing events all semester. They're going to be registering people to vote. Whether you are a UH student or not, it doesn't matter. It's super cool. It's a fun organization. Yeah. Uh, they've we've done with YPDA. Josh and I are both members. Yeah. Um, dues paying members. We've yep. we've done uh, a few meetups. Uh, they had one a couple of weeks ago at Bevy down in Kakaako with a really fantastic spread. Um, I believe there's even free drinks, which yeah. is like, well, shoot, I'll do anything. Socialism, for a free, drink. free drinks. I'm telling you. There it is. And all we had to do is uh, <laughs> expropriate them from the bar. The, the bar is yeah. now owned by YPDA. Viva la, resist- Viva la Resistance. Yep. If Folks, you try to take it, we will die for it. In, a, in these trying times, it's just good to hang out in solidarity and fellowship with... People who aren't absolutely fucking insane. And people who actually don't want to burn the world burn the world down and let poor people starve to death so ryan a little bit of uh continental news we need to talk about oh i've got a very big piece of continental news i was hanging out with people the other day yeah and they didn't they'd never heard of the tv show wishbone like with the dog the dog the dog who did the like they never heard of wishbone really like nobody ever watched pbs kids they didn't i'm like how could you have not heard of Wish? I was like, oh yeah, that's like, we were going to go see Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And somebody was like, have you ever seen Phantom before? And I'm like, no, but I saw the Wishbone version. Yeah. And they're like, Wishbone? What's that? It's and only, I was like, are you kidding it's me? It's only like in second place to Reading Rainbow about the most, of the most important, uh, the most important children's literature based television show on public television of all time and it may be the most important children's show involving cute dogs involving cute dogs that oh, reenact actually, excuse me cute dog singular or were other dogs like involved in the reenactments? i don't know I mean, what's weird about wishbone is yeah. he played the main character he was a jack russell right i think a jack russell yeah. he played the main character you know uh, and 
in a lot of yeah. a lot of books because you know the thing was about books yeah uh, Beowulf I remember the Beowulf he played Wishbone. he played yeah. the main character in in stories where a woman was supposed to fall in love with him and this lady was just like yeah I'm in love with this dog now this woman was like yeah f- that dog <laughs> <laughs> PBS kids <laughs> PBS kids uh, speaking of cute Jack Russells on TV uh, Eddie from Fraser, shout out to him. Yeah, honorable mention. Very, very much so. Uh, Continental news. Apparently, according to President Donald Trump, your home state of Alabama is about to get destroyed by a hurricane. Uh, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> T's and P's. Yeah. And shout out to all the boys in prison. <laughs> I used to work for uh, for a, a company in college. It was a restaurant, and I won't say the name in case it's a scandalous. But they uh, they no they hired. Uh, work release people from prison and i was like interesting that we would hire them yeah and it was because uh they got apparently like a ten thousand eleven thousand dollar tax credit um if they hired work release people and oh sure these guys were all like you know they're just trying to do their time like, yeah they've made mistakes they're cool with it yeah there's this one guy though who uh he like worked he didn't have like the best attitude and but who, I, who among us who among us can point the finger and accuse folks of not having a good work attitude. I sure I know I can't. Well, he his was more like more personal strife driven, sure. like uh, in interpersonal strife, I should say. And I was like asking what he was in for yeah. and he was like oh, I did counterfeiting. I was like, "Oh, that's actually the thing that I would want to do cuz I'm poor." And then <laughs> uh <laughs> and then one day he didn't show up to work and I was like, "Where is he?" I asked one of the other guys like, "Oh, he stabbed someone last night." <laughs> He's uh <laughs> He's in Supermax and he's not coming back. Supermax. Yeah. They don't do work release. So shout out, to, shout out to him. I believe his name was Mike. Shout out we're Mike. shouting out the boys in prison. He should be probably still in prison right now. I was going to say, do we need to start a free Mike campaign? But maybe not. No, you may not want to free him. There's, a, <laughs> there's other people who I yeah. think deserve it more. Um, Mamiya, yes. Mike, no. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. So uh, everybody in Alabama, you guys yeah. stay dry. I know the National Weather Service said you guys are actually going to be completely fine, but... But President Trump drew with a sharpie and how on many, a map, and he got what like eighty percent of the vote there. So like they follow his in Alabama. I don't know. Like I don't think it was that 60, much. 70? It was, 60? It was a lot. It yeah. was. It's probably fifteen it's more than points. Half. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of more than half, you'll hear in just a few moments from Kelly Dietrich, the CEO of the National Democratic Training Committee, talking about is, how it's imperative. It? I don't understand your segue. That we get more than half the votes. <laughs> oh, there it is. Folks, I just need to trust. I need to trust my co-host. And yes. I apologize to you. And I apologize. Uh, Ryan, I apologize to you. It's okay. Listeners, I apologize to you. Kelly, even though we're already off the air with you, I apologize to you as well. We're recording this after we talk to him, but we're acting like it happened this before. This is the magic of radio, folks. We're taking you behind you the scenes. You guys are never going to know. Except. Except we just except, we spoiled the secret. Now, they, now you know. Now you've seen how the sausage gets made. Nobody likes it. Me and it. Josh just sitting here making sausage all day. At the Appleseed headquarters. At the Appleseed headquarters. We're making sausage with apple seeds here. Out of poor people. Nope. Nope. Not, not with poor people. <laughs> for poor people. With poor people, for poor people. For poor people. Hawaii apple seed sausages. For poor people, by poor people. The worst that's, fubu. That's actually <laughs> that's just like literally the, the way the economy works now. Yeah. 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 Well, everybody, uh hope to talk to you next week and enjoy the episode. Enjoy our interview with Kelly Dietrich. Uh, you should I know it's still early, but you guys should probably vote. That's just my, my, my opinion. Uh, there's having there's a pretty big race in this year 
Where is that? Where is it? In 19? Yeah, there's so many. There's like a big that I've been watching and is paying attention Virginia to. Virginia or New Jersey? They elect their governors in odd years? It, it, may, be, it may be them. Yeah. I think Alabama has someone coming up too right well, now. Oh, speak, uh, more Alabama news. K. Ivey uh, did, a, did a Ralph Northam and uh, admitted an old yearbook photo or some, some Where similar she was such. in blackface. She was in blackface back in the day. Who among us? Me. Me as well. <laughs> also me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, you may remember Kay Ivey, uh, the governor who took over after, what's the guy's name? Robert, Robert Bentley? Bentley. The Robert, Love Gov. The Love Gov. When I put my hands on your breasts. I mean, well, hell, I like that too. <laughs> He's just the most anatomical. When I put my hammeries on your mammaries, I really enjoy the way it makes me feel. It gives me the whammeries. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, uh, also in Alabama news, Auburn over Oregon. It happened. I mean, UH over Arizona. Yeah, well, but that's old news. That's old news. Well, and the Auburn Oregon's old news too. At this point, Auburn's probably prevailed over Tulane because we're recording this prior to Saturday. If they have not, please, no one try to find me. I've probably jumped off the top of Diamond Head. Friend of the show, uh, Jonathan White, will be pleased if that happens. Not did the he, jumping part, but the Tulane victory part. Say, yeah, no, that would did, be a little. Did harsh. he wish death on me? <laughs> I mean, among our listening audience, I'm sure. Our wives included. They've wished death upon us a few times. I wonder if you if you took a hundred Blue Hawaii podcast listeners yeah. and asked how many of you have at one point considered wishing death on the hosts of the show. What were you just saying about more than half? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a theme. I wonder more how than th- half. We have some people that hate listen. Yeah, according one to of our one of our reviewers. Oh, shout out to Peas. Shout out to Peas Hawaii. Peas is that was that the name? I think that was yeah. P e a s. Gosh. Uh, this this very angry person. Uh, wanted to smash us, wanted to slander us. Oh, I don't know how angry they well, were. They they started off, you know, you know, if you've heard of the compliment sandwich, right? I yeah. have. This is kind of a reverse compliment sandwich. She was like, "These guys suck." Actually, I kind of laughed. No, they really suck, though. Um, can we can we read this? Yeah, let's read on it. Air? Let's okay, read it. Read it. Dramatic reading. This from Peas Hawaii. The review is titled Two Snarky Howley Guys." July 9th. Put it on my tombstone. 2019. <laughs> this is five days after Independence Day. This is what Peas Hawaii was thinking. Fixed date. Love, hate the hosts. If you cringe after they make sassy comments about how the Kealohas must speak pigeon, as if pigeon is a symptom of stupidity, I don't think I ever while said in that. the next breath praising a Kentucky politician with an endearing anti and badly pronounced kupuna, Don again you'll is get not what a, I mean. Don again is not a politician. Let's just clarify real quick. Uh, Peace Hawaii clearly never said. Yeah. Peace Hawaii clearly only listened to like has, five minutes. Has of, ADD yeah. slash is reading a poorly transcribed version of what happened here. Um, we've we've never said that the Kilohas must speak pigeon, and we've yeah. never implied that pigeon makes people sound stupid yeah. or means that they're stupid. Um, also, we've never talked fondly of any Kentucky politician except for maybe whomever is a Democratic challenger to Mitch McConnell or Matt Bevins. Um, no, she she heard us talking about Auntie Don again. I know that's what I was gonna say. And I presume like, well, that you're speaking about us uh, mentioning Auntie Don again, who is one of our BFFFFFFs. Yeah. That's best, and then a lot of expletives yeah. fans. Um, and is super duper kupuna super status. So like, nice. don't even don't even trip. Who also just went through a tremendous personal loss, and we will not get into that on air. Yeah, but um, shout out to her for sending her love. Shout out to sending her. her love and affection. We love that woman. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll scrap, I'll scrap can, anybody who says differently. Peace, why I can eat a dick for that. Yeah. Um, okay. The review continues. 
typical Howley guys living in Kailua, California. Nope. You live Wrong. in Kapahulu. I, I live in Bololo. Yep. Annoying, cringy, yep. insightful, and hilarious. Accurate. What? Accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Annoying, cringy, insightful, hilarious. Okay. Peace Hawaii, we invite you. Email us. Yeah. Pod at gmail.com. Come on the show. Let's let's hash out some of these differences. Yeah. I think... I think there needs to be restoration here because here's the thing. Peace White, you got to give them credit. They gave us three stars. So they don't hate us that much. They don't hate us that much. But what what I want, Peace White, I want a chance to earn those extra two stars. I don't. They can keep them. What? Yeah. Nah, bro. We need those stars. No. It's like it's like a daggum Mario Party I'm game. Gonna, I'm not going to bend over backwards to make Peace White like... Bend over forwards. Peace Hawaii, come on the show. <laughs> also, we still have one, yeah. one one-star review. And I do not. If I find out that you've left us a one-star review, God help you. It, you better, was, we better not meet in person. That was probably Governor Ige after the TMT episode. And what I mean by God help you is uh, I pray that God helps you see the error of your ways. Oh, amen. And that well, uh, you, you will give us those extra four stars. Here's what we have to say. To Peace Hawaii, bless your heart. Bless Bless your heart. We'll be praying for you. We're going to be praying for you, Peace Hawaii. Oh. And we just, Peace Hawaii, I, we're just going to come alongside you in prayer. Uh, we're going to remember Amen. you. Amen. It, it, in, in, our, in our thoughts and our prayers. Please, um, dear Lord, please lift up Peace Hawaii in her, or his or her time of struggle. Clearly, they have borderline personality disorder and are yelling at strangers on the internet for no reason. I had a teacher and, when I went to <laughs> Christian school. Yeah. Um, who, anytime the class would get unwieldy, yeah. he would just go, let us pray. And every and he would just start praying, and everybody would be quiet. It was like this weird trick where he would just be like, the room is just raucous, just filled with noise. He was like, let us pray, silent. And he'd be like, dear Lord, please teach these students to be quiet in class. In Jesus' name, amen. Worked every time. What is it? Uh, what is just like Pope Francis said? Like, first you no, it's not Pope. So uh, first you pray for the hungry, then you feed them. That's how prayer works. First you pray for the children to shut up. Then you shut them up. Oh, that's I was, how prayer works. It's like that kind of sounds crappy. <laughs> Hello, people that are hungry. Let me pray for you very quickly. Yeah, but then you feed them. I guess. Yeah. But like, what if they're like real hungry? Why don't you feed them and then pray for them? Critical no, theological like, questions that's right. on the Blue Hawaii podcast. Uh, folks, here we go. In just a moment, Kelly Dietrich, CEO of the NDTC, that's the National Democratic Training Committee. Stay tuned. Be back in a moment. Traindemocrats.org. Blue Hawaii podcast. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, you probably haven't heard anything about it. I know this is the first time it's popped on my radar, but there is a big election happening next year. Election. Yeah. Election. Well, anyway, if you want to get involved as a candidate, a paid staffer on a campaign, a volunteer, or if you just love politics and want to learn more about how campaigns work, we have an awesome event coming up Saturday, September 14th. You should definitely check it out. A team from the National Democratic Training Committee is flying down from Chicago, and they're going to be hosting a free in-person training focusing on the fundamental aspects of running a campaign. Fundraising, messaging, digital communications, field operations, everything. And we are very excited to have on the phone right now CEO of the NDTC, Mr. Kelly Dietrich, to tell us more. Aloha, Kelly. Welcome. How are you doing? Hey, aloha. That's a, a fantastic description. I, I need you guys to come pitch our trainings everywhere. We're renowned for our descriptions. Yes. And we, also, if you're hiring <laughs> and you pay us enough, we will come do these everywhere. We leave no stone unturned. 
Kelly, before we dive into Good what the NT- Kelly, before we dive into what the NDTC does and what you're hoping to do this Saturday in Honolulu, uh, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in this type of work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was a uh, college grad straight out of the University of Kansas who found himself working in rock chalk. That's right. Uh, who found himself working in a the financial industry commuting in a suit and tie and wearing uh sitting in traffic 45 minutes every day and realized I wanted to do something different with my life. Uh this was not the future I had envisioned for myself. And so uh I had been politically aware but not politically involved mm-hmm. and I started volunteering on my very first campaign. Uh this is 1997 in Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas, excuse me. Uh with a gentleman who was running for Congress against an entrenched uh Republican incumbent. He wound up winning. I found my passion, which was uh, democratic politics and specifically campaigns. They're small businesses that grow overnight, but instead of increasing profit for shareholders over the next two, three, four quarters and 10 years, you have a very finite time frame to accomplish your goal. Mm. Uh, and that led me through a 20 plus year career of working U.S. House, U.S. Senate, all kinds of races all over the country. Uh, and I loved it. But the, the dilemma and challenge that I saw everywhere I went was that we had these awesome local candidates, people running for school board, city council, you know, offices you've never even heard of, like uh, Mosquito Abatement District in, in <laughs> Florida. What is that? Right? I, when I came to Illinois, they elect coroners. I don't know wow. why a coroner is an elected position, but... Uh, Popularity contest? Um, you know, they always say the coroner is the most popular man in town. <laughs> and all of these local candidates are really good people who didn't have uh, the benefit of, of the experience of running campaigns before. And they couldn't afford to hire a professional consultant or an experienced staff person. So... They were forced to reinvent the wheel mm. over and over again. There was no way for us to empower people who wanted to be a part of the process. Uh, and I, I looked and, and realized there's half a million of these offices around the country. I mean, there's more local offices than, than anyone expects. Sure. Uh, it was no one's job to help them. As a consultant, I couldn't scale, you know, I'm building my time. I couldn't scale to meet that demand. So why weren't we as a party, why wasn't there an organization focused on helping any Democrat who wanted to step up and was willing to work? And that was the the genesis for how this came about, that we needed uh, a training organization that would provide training for free over a long-term period of time. You can't be successful if we're just focused on what we're doing this year, right? Um, And it needs to be able to scale. Right, which is why you've got to be. We'll be in all 50 states this year for the first time. I think we might be the first organization to ever host live trainings in all 50 states. And we have an online academy at traindemocrats.org that any Democrat can come and take a course and learn anything from should you run, what are the thoughts, the questions you may have to help you make that decision, how do you make an announcement, how do you build a campaign plan, to what to do on election night. So that 
when someone who's thinking about running for this local office that's like we all think about senate and congress mm-hmm. and these big sexy races right oh especially that's the yeah i mean that's that's one of the big critiques about the democratic party is that we focus only on the president you know the presidency the high office we look to them to solve all of our problems meanwhile the bench goes completely depleted exactly we wind up in all you know in states all over the country locked out of a redistricting process mm-hmm. right so by providing the free tools, the free resources to any Democrat, we think, just like you mentioned, we're going to we're going to win more local races, which is better policy and better office holders. But we build a deeper bench for the future, and we create a bottom-up kind of a reverse coattail effect that has to complement the traditional top-down uh, approach that we usually take. And just because someone's running for a race that isn't big and sexy doesn't mean it's not important. And if you want to work on a campaign, if you want, to, you know, a lot of people aren't even aware that there's careers in democratic campaigns and democratic politics. Sure. And if they are, they don't know how to get started. We want to lower that barrier of entry. We want to empower anyone who's willing to work and make a difference. Right on. That's a that's a beautiful message. Um, so I guess what can folks coming to the training on the 14th expect? Oh, you can expect a lot of good times. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Ain't no party a like the Democratic Party. Training. Here's right because the Democratic Party don't stop. Woo. Uh, we, <laughs> didn't expect that quote to come through on this interview. That's fantastic. Hey, expect the unexpected it. on the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm telling you, man, that's that's what we're known for: quotes and intros. <laughs> uh, you can expect a full day. Uh, you're going to run through four sessions. We're going to talk fundraising. We're going to talk communications, digital strategy. Uh, we're going to talk field. All of those things, we are not just going to be someone standing up talking and boring you with a lecture and slides. This yeah. is experiential learning, right? How do you take the, the, the lessons we're teaching and apply them directly to whatever candidate campaign effort you're working on? So they can expect, don't expect to just be sitting there taking notes. You should expect to do some work and be active and involved and ask questions of these campaign experts that we bring in from around the country for these trainings. And you can expect that just because the day ends in the afternoon that your learning stops. Everything that we do is complemented online. You can't learn enough in eight hours on a Saturday to know how to do everything on a campaign but you can learn where to go to get that information. And you said that URL is traindemocrats.org for anybody who can't make it to the training or wants to wants to do a little pre-research? Absolutely. Yep. It's uh, completely free. It's on demand. Uh, there's 25-plus courses there uh, dealing with everything from, like I said, thinking about running and what that means for you and your family to how to build a campaign plan, a finance plan, a field plan, we kind of break down all the mystique and mystery around running for office and just kind of lay it out there for everyone. This isn't rocket science, right? But there are some best practices and mistakes you should avoid and ways to do things that we need to, we want to share. Awesome. So, you know, you're, you've mentioned you're going to hit 50 states coming up soon. This is your first time in Hawaii. Uh, are you traveling yeah. around in person leading all these trainings? Is this, is this a typical day in the <laughs> office for you? No, God, that would be, that would be amazing. Uh, but no, uh, so we are, we have a, how do I, how do I make this quick and succinct? Uh, if you're going to do all 50 states and we yeah. do more than 50 trainings in a year, you have to scale and grow an operation. 
so we have uh, re- we have uh, recruited, screened, and trained uh, more than fifty five plus trainers from around the country. These are experts in democratic politics uh, who not only know their craft but know how to teach their craft because nice. those are two separate distinct skills, right? Uh, and so we have built a training platform that scales. And so we do two, three, or even four trainings a weekend around the country with different teams that go around do, uh, hosting these. I, I can't be at all of them. I, I don't get to, to go to many. And unfortunately, I don't get to go to this one. That sucks. I know. Dude, as a mainlander who wants to get to Hawaii, this was the perfect opportunity, and it just—I I, I couldn't make it work with the with the wife and family. But next year, when we come back out, I'm definitely the 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 line for for this training was long amongst yeah. our staff uh, who wanted to make certain they could tell attend. Us, you know, who who are we uh, who are we rolling out the red carpet for? Tell us about the folks who we will be sending. So uh, we have uh, we have great trainers coming from all over the country. Um, I believe that Jocelyn Hunt is going to be out there. Jocelyn is uh, the uh, associate director of live training for us. She's getting part of the part of the leadership team coming out there. Cutter Teeth in Indiana and elsewhere. Uh, she's excited to come out. I, to be honest, I don't want to say it on the radio because I'm not 100% certain who the other four trainers are on the Touché. podcast. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, when we do, I'm in Kansas City right now. This is where I'm talking to you from because we have a training here this weekend. We also have a training in Iowa. Uh, so we divide and conquer. And look, when you do, uh, we're going to do more than 80 this year. It's hard to keep track of who's going where. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, you know, you mentioned Kansas you're in right now. Um, a, a deep red, ruby red state compared to Hawaii, which, you know, we can go into more detail about how will we really think about it? But you know, a deep blue state. What? How do you change your approach, and how do you convince folks that you know? Oh, I don't know if a Democrat can win here. I don't know this. I don't know that. How? What? How do you truly make it a fifty-state strategy? How do you account for all those regional differences? Yeah, that that is a question we get a lot, and the answer is um, no matter where you're running, whether it's deep blue Hawaii or ruby red Kansas or the state of Florida, which depending upon the time and day, maybe red, blue, or purple. Right. The object, the goal of any campaign is to have more votes than your opponent when the polls close. The strategies, the tactics that are available to you to reach that goal are the same no matter where you are. It is up to you, the candidate, the staffer, the the volunteer, to figure out which strategy or tactic makes the most sense for your needs, right? Are you running in an urban area? Well, maybe you can do a lot of door-to-door, but are they condo buildings where you can't get in and, and, and yeah. see people face-to-face, right? Which is a, a definite thing here. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So you have, to, you have to know what the strategies and tactics are available to you, and that's what we teach. Here's the goal you need to hit. Here's how to build a plan to meet that goal, here are the strategies and tactics that can be a part of the plan, but you know your area best. You can figure out which nice. strategies okay, last, and tactics. Okay, last professional question before we switch to a few personal questions that we ask all our guests. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are remaining officially neutral while the, you know, pre-primary 2020 fray goes on. And, you know, these are all the professionals we're dealing with here on these campaigns. 
But what advice would you give the folks running the presidential operations? What are you seeing them do or not do that you would you're jump in and fix or jump in and do something different? Other than visit Wisconsin. <laughs> Other than visit Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, the biggest piece of advice I have uh, for them, and you will hear it in our training, is that when you run as a Democrat, everyone already knows you hate Donald Trump. If you want to win an election, you are not going to win by bashing Donald Trump. You're going to win by articulating your vision for the country and why you are the better choice for that voter. But wouldn't, I mean, how how would you make that same argument, though, um, in a, say, a red district or a, or a redder district where, you know, literally half the GOP, if not more now, is in office purely because they bashed Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I would. What is the biggest issue in that district? People, if if people are going to vote, people already know if they don't like Trump or do like Trump. They know mm-hmm. if they don't like Obama or do like Obama. What do they think about health care? Well, if you're running for local office, what do they think about local taxes, schools? Yeah. Maybe it's trash pickup. Right? What are the, what are the issues in your community that you can relate and talk to people about and not litigate these national issues that don't apply to your specific race? So basically don't nationalize local politics. Yeah. All nice. politics is local, right? That's true. Yeah. Truer words never spoken. Okay. So, um, this is a question we ask everybody on your way to, well, actually you're not coming, but, uh, on, you know, on your way back from Kansas City uh, up the Mississippi River, unfortunately, you're shipwrecked and you're stranded on a desert island and you can only bring one book, one movie, and one album. What do you bring? Holy cow. Okay. Uh, the, the challenge here is narrowing down, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, album? I'm going to go with U2 Joshua Tree. Okay. Interesting choice, but it's a classic movie. album. Movie? Movie. Um, that's going to be a tough one. Probably, man, maybe a Clerks or Mallrats, maybe Tombstone. Mm, something from the like Kevin Smith genre. Yeah, picking one. You're going to want something that makes you laugh, but you're not going to get tired of, but that's hard to do. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Clerks. And then for book, does everybody stumble on this? Do they take their time on this, or do they have this? No, you're actually taking longer than anyone ever has. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Right, yeah, literally everyone <laughs> is like, "Oh my god, why did you ask me this?" No, this is good. You're art, you're articulating. You know, you're you're thinking you're thinking through the process. Some people just sit in silence for like 20 seconds. Oh man! Then we have to cut it out and act like they were very fluid. They're like, oh yeah, they didn't take nine minutes to figure yeah. out what album they like. For the for the book, I want to say something really deep, you know, like Moby Dick or you yeah, know, something. But you got plenty of time. Um, I have uh, I have really been enjoying uh, Neil Asher's books lately, uh, mm. and so probably one of his. That's just that's my my latest and only thought I can I can put out there. I've been doing a lot of science fiction reading lately, which has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I mean, the current dystopia isn't uh, interesting enough. <laughs> Bad joke. So, okay. I need a break, man. <laughs> yeah. last, this is the last question. This is the, the gold standard question. If we, okay. 
our audience, anybody here listening to the show, if we happen to find ourselves in the wonderful city of Kansas City. Are you on the Missouri side or the Kansas side? Uh, right now I'm on the Missouri side. Uh, Chicago good. is home, I should say. Chicago okay. is home. So Kansas City and or Chicago. Yeah. Where yeah. should we go to eat? Oh, dude, easiest question ever. If you're in Kansas City, the greater metro area, yeah. uh, you go uh, to, to Joe's Barbecue. Joe's Been Barbecue. There. Been there. I can vouch for that. It's delicious. Yes. Done. Done. Jack's, Jack's stack uh, a close second, but Joe's is, is the place to go. Uh, in Chicago. Um, I hear they don't have many good restaurants in Chicago. Is that true? No. No. I'm kidding. I was there last summer. I ate myself sick. It was amazing. <laughs> they make a great uh, pizza-flavored casserole, I hear. It's like every every <laughs> dinner plate is the size of like a hubcap. <laughs> We also have very enormous. fine dining. We have Alinea, one of the best restaurants in the world. Uh, we have Girl and the Goat over there on Randolph Street. There's a whole uh, slew of amazing restaurants. The chef at Alinea actually has um, a less hoity-toity, more uh, reasonable restaurant called Royster, R-O-I-S-T-E-R. Uh-huh. Uh, that is fantastic and is currently my favorite in chicago the whole chicken uh meal it's like this chamomile chicken and fried chicken and 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 uh it is upscale but not overly priced and it's from the same team that brought you alinea you should definitely go well that sounds tremendous royster here i come kelly thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us thank you for these amazing restaurant recs folks Saturday, September 14th, all-day NDTC Blue Bench training at the ILWU headquarters on Atkinson Street, hosted in part by the Democratic Party of Hawaii. Please go check it out. Kelly, do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with our audience? I do not. I, I, I take that back. I do. Every state, every vote, every office matters. Boom. Get out, vote, run for office, work, call people in states that are, are swing, do whatever you can to make the change you want to see in your community. If we can help you do that, traindemocrats.org is a is a free website uh, to, to help you accomplish those goals. Thanks for having me, guys. Kelly Dietrich, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again, Kelly. Take care. Hey, thank you. Aloha. All right, folks. Shout out. Shout out time. Who we shouting out? Uh, I have one shout out, and I I, I was telling you this before Hit we started recording, and I was telling you that I'd post about it on our Facebook group, but or on our Facebook page for the Blue White Podcast, but. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Officer Ernest Chang of the Honolulu Police Ernie. Department. He did. He does go by Ernie. He did Ernie. tell me that. Uh, guys, I was getting a breakfast burrito as I am constitutionally allowed to do. Um, Cultural on, appropriation on my lunch break. Whatever, Gringo. Excuse me on my on my lunch break. When lunch it was breakfast, why would I get a breakfast burrito at lunch? That's crazy. Anyway, I was getting one before work today, and. Uh, I didn't have my wallet. So I walk in and ask the owner of the my normal burrito spot, who I know fairly well. You wanna drop a you wanna drop a name here? His name's Brian. Shout no, out I to Brian. The, of the restaurant. Oh, it's called Juice or sorry, Juice. It's not called Juice. It's called Extract Juice Bar. I was gonna say it's called Juice Extract Juice Bar. Juice Burritos. Juice Burritos. No, look, you wouldn't think that a place called Extract Juice Bar would have that good of a breakfast burrito, but it really does. It's really good. Um, so I walk in and I'm like talking to the owner, hey Brian, I don't have my wallet today. Hey Brian. But I got uh I got Venmo. Can I hit you on Venmo? And he's like, oh man, I don't have Venmo. And then there's two cops in the in the in the store with me. One of them looks over and he goes, Oh man, I got you. 
And I'm like, no, because I'm, you know, Southern and we're incapable of receiving gifts. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Uh, I can't. Uh. And then he's like, you pay taxes, man? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you're helping pay my salary. I got this one. And this guy, out of the kindness, kindness of his freaking heart, picks up my burrito. This guy was Officer like the Ernie. nicest cop in the yeah. world. Officer Ernie Chang. This is community policing in action. This I'm is telling what, this you, bro. Is what policing could do. Dude, and he like works the Chinatown beat. He works nights. Like he's, he's like, just he was probably just happy you weren't on meth. I don't know. I don't know. He was just super, super nice. The guy was so nice. And well, I would you have a nice shirt. And he was he like, your shirt. He was like, as he was walking away, or as not walking away, but as he was paying for it, he was like kind of laughing, poking fun at himself. He's like. Don't ever say you never met a nice cop. And I'm like, all right, I won't. Officer Ernie, you probably won't ever hear this, but folks, if you know Officer Ernie Chang, tell him Ryan Little Blue White Podcast is super appreciative. I won't forget it. And go do something nice for somebody today. That's all I got. Aloha. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.